On this edition of the podcast, we're going to give you our top five players in the NBA playoffs. We're also going to break down some of the NBA playoff games and can the Rockets dig themselves out of a 2-0 hole. But the biggest issue that the Rockets have in totality in this series, and it scares me as a Rocket fan to say this, they never thought they were better than the Warriors. They convinced us they thought they were better than the Warriors. But once they lost game one, they went to the league saying, Daddy, Daddy, look what they did. Like, come on. Not only did they complain about these calls, which were non-calls. They should have been called. But then they leak a memo. Darren Moore must have been hot. I can see him going home. And then the PR guy said, you really want to leak this? He said, send it out. <laughs> and then once it gets sent, I can see him call him. Did y'all send it? Did you really send it? It already went out. And they leaked this memo saying how they were robbed last year in game seven. Oh, but did they rob you in missing 27 straight threes? I don't think they did. They didn't do that. Did they rob you in, in squandering back-to-back games leading by double digits? No, they didn't do that. The league didn't do that. You did that. So to have this memo tells me something, and what it really tells me is they never believed they could win. You're tuned into the new channel sports podcast, the ultimate sports talk podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the New Channel Sports Podcast. I am your host. My name is Oenyi. I had to say my name because I've noticed that on some of the podcasts, I just forget to say my name. I'll say I'm the host. Yeah. It won't even say my name. Um, but my name is Oenyi. I'm very, very pleased that you're listening to the podcast. Uh, we have an awesome, awesome show in store for you. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast. You can do it on the website newchannelsports.com or you can follow us on Podbean that's newchannelsports.podbean.com please follow us or subscribe um, leave some reviews tell us how we're doing Um, I am joined by the one and only Chris what is the deal Chris what's good man we got a good show today I I, I believe so too Trey and Lowe are out today but they will be back later on we're just running a two-man team, like, you know, with some good combinations. Penny and Shaq, yeah. Jordan and Pippen, Olajuwon, yeah. and the rest of the, the team. I was kind of thinking with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Will Smith? Oh, the yeah. bad boys? Yeah, okay. bad boys. Okay, okay, okay. I'm Will Smith, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I'll be Martin Lawrence. Nah, Martin out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Martin Lawrence, man. So, guess what time it is, Chris. I know what time it is. You know, is it famous? Something famous, something famous, something. You know the name of the segment. Bro. All right, fine. Famous athletes, famous quotes. Yes, it is. It is time for famous athletes, famous quotes. New Channel Sports Podcast presents famous athletes, famous quotes. So you know how this works out. I am going to give you some questions about an athlete, and I want you to try to guess who this athlete is. Once you guess who this athlete is, I will play a famous quote by this athlete. Are you ready, Chris? Let's do it. All right, so this athlete was born November 24th of 1948. Next clip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next one should be a little bit easier for you. Maybe not. 
This athlete was drafted in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Second overall. Now I'll give you a year. Okay, you said first round of the NBA playoffs. You confused me. I mean, NBA draft. I'm sorry. NBA. How are you going to draft in the playoffs? No, first round of the NBA draft, second overall by the San Diego Rockets. What year? I'm not going to give you a year. Oh, man. I ain't got no year. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Moses Malone. No. This NBA athlete is a five-time NBA All-Star. 1974 to 1977 and again in 1979. So we both know what year I was born. So you'd be pushing it back. But you should know who this person is. Oh, man. I need another clue. His number 45 was retired by the Houston Rockets. I should know this. You should know this. I should, but I don't. I'm going to guess a couple names, though. All right. Uh, Just one name. Hey, don't name on, more than said, one. I'm, I'm about to name everybody on the rap. No, 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 no. Let's <laughs> name one name. Uh, I'm going to go with Calvin Murphy. Yeah. Ah. I don't give you this clue. This clue might do it for you. He coached the Lakers in 2004 and 2005. 2004, 2005 oh, season. Oh, you gave it away now. Rudy T. Yes. Rudy! <laughs> so he is infamously known for being punched in the face, though by Kermit Washington um, shattered his jaw and everything this was back in December 1977 he was on the show for about five months that's what he's famously known for but do you know what his famous quote is of course everybody if you're a, if you're a Houston Rocket fan you should yeah. know this quote by heart by heart by heart uh, don't ever underestimate the heart of change that is it sir. hey look I, it. I was even I mean, I was alive, obviously, but every time I see that quote, I almost tear up, man. I do. The, the, the run the Rockets had, that was an incredible run. That that they beat three teams with fifty plus records yeah. to, to make it to the finals. But anyway, here's the quote by Rudy Tom Jonovich. No one has ever done what this team's done. Come from the sixth seed, a down in series. All right, so that was famous athletes, famous quotes. Rudy Tom Donovich, don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. And that brings us to the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. Now, hey, Trey, I'll do this for you. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Rockets are down 0-2. I predicted the Rockets would win this in six. I stand by that. The Rockets are going to win this series in six. Okay. They're going to win these next two games at home. They're going to go back to Golden State, yeah. and they're going to close it out in Houston. Yeah. I'm going to stay by it. You had this look on your face, Chris, like, yeah, right. I mean, the problem is we do this every show. Somebody always needs a drug test, and clearly today is you. <laughs> I'm a huge Rocket fan. I'm, no, bro. No. Four straight against that guy and the Warriors? No, sir. What guy are you talking about? That guy. <laughs> that guy. You talking about KD? Yes. You talking about Durantula? Man. He is he is an incredible, incredible specimen. I will give him that. But let me give you some numbers, okay? Let me give you some numbers as to why I still believe the Rockets not only have a chance to win the series, 
but they have a chance to win four straight. So the Rockets' starts in these games have been horrendous. I don't know what they're doing before the games. I don't know what their pre-preparation for the games is, but they need to stop. Yeah. They need to say else. So they've been outscored 57 to 39 in both these games. That is negative 18. In the first quarter. In the first quarter. The rest of the game, they're plus eight. So if they just get the first quarter down and continue intensity throughout the game, they have a very good shot at winning. They, I mean, they outscore the Warriors 170 to 162 in those last three quarters. Mm-hmm. So if, we're just, if we just throw the first quarter out, the Rockets will be up 2-0 right now. Well, we can't do that. We yeah. can't do that. But all I'm trying to say is that the Rockets definitely have it. I think the first game with the whole fiasco with the officials kind of got in their head. Yeah. They should have let that go and gone into game two, ready to play, ready to rock and roll. Because as far as I'm concerned, the Warriors have played – Pretty good darn basketball for those first two games. Have they though? Except for the turnovers, they 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 have made some uncharacteristic turnovers in the first two games. Bad turnovers. Bad turnovers. But that shows how sloppy the Warriors can be. Now, of course, by the score, you already know the Warriors are playing better than the Rockets. Yeah. But they're playing. I think they're playing way better than the Rockets, and the Rockets have not lost by double digits yet. Well, uh, when you say way better than the Rockets, I don't know about that. The Rockets outscored them behind the three-point line by at least 10 points last night. It was a staggering margin. The Rockets' biggest issue last night during the game was obviously a turnover problem. But the biggest issue that the Rockets have in totality in this series, and it scares me as a Rocket fan to say this, they never thought they were better than the Warriors. They convinced us they thought they were better than the Warriors. But once they lost game one, they went to the league saying, Daddy, Daddy, look what they did. Like, come on. Not only did they complain about these calls, which were non-calls. They should have been called. But then they leak a memo. Like, Darren Morey must have been hot. I can see him going home. And then the PR guy said, do you really want to leak this? He's like, send it out. <laughs> and then once it gets sent, I can see him call him, did y'all send it? Did you really send it? It already went out, and they leaked this memo saying how they were robbed last year in Game 7. Oh, but did they rob you in missing 27 straight threes? I don't think they did. They didn't do that. Did they rob you in in squandering back-to-back games, leading by double digits? No, they didn't do that. The league didn't do that. You did that. So to have this memo tells me something that what it really tells me is they never believed they could win. Their strategy in Game 1 was to get foul calls, have the referees call them, and then set that tone for the rest of the series. But the NBA had other plans. And the biggest issue that I have with the Rockets is, is the referees can't bail you out, man. They can't. They cannot bail you out. But what that tells me is you never thought you could win the series. So you're resulting to cheap tactics. And what happens when you do that against a better team? They're going to see it. They smell blood. The Rockets are in dangerous and in, in dangerous zone getting swept. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> gets swept, boy. I would think that too, and I, I know where you're coming from, but I have to believe that this Rockets team honestly okay, thought that okay, they were okay, better. Okay, okay, but are you saying that as a fan, or are you saying that as somebody who watches game one and game two? As both. I'm saying as both. Yeah. I, there, are, there is some optimism in watching game one and game two. There's some good things you can take out of both those games. And as a fan, you know, I just have to believe that what happened last year wasn't a fluke. Yeah. 
Because that's basically where we're going right now. If the Rockets somehow get beat in five or four, then everybody would say, well, it was a fluke. Even if you did have Chris Paul, well, I don't you think, weren't going to win anyway. I don't think they'll say it's a fluke. I think what they would say is that team was better. You missed Trevor Ariza. You missed Luka They're going to say that, too. They're going to say that, Luka too. Luka Bamute, who would even play? He didn't play. So. The only person you could really say about anything about is it's Trevor, Trevor Ariza. Ariza. That's pretty much it. I, I honestly do believe that this Rockets team is better than the team last year. There's a lot of things that go into play here as far as the way that the season ended. If a couple of things went the Rockets' way, there would have been a second seed. But that's not even something you can take into account anyway. Yeah. Let's not even mention that. They're facing the Golden State Warriors now. The Golden State Warriors going to the series. We all thought they were vulnerable. You cannot, as a, the Houston Rockets, I know that they're only up 2-0. Most people, not most people, some people are saying the series is over. Yeah. They're up 2-0, the series is over. The Rockets have to take this next two games as pride games. Yeah. They really do. It's not just about whether or not you can beat the Golden State Warriors at this point. Mm -hmm. It's about pride. You have to be real within yourself and say they're not going to – like the way the Clippers did. The Clippers were like, we're going to play hard every single night. And they took them to six. There's no way – that the Clippers could take the Golden State Warriors at six and the Houston Rockets but that, that's lose in five or four mm, games. But that's where you miss the point. The Warriors never respected the Clippers. That's I understand that. As much as the Warriors want a front, even if they swept the Rockets. But look, what I'm saying is this, though. Even though the Rockets, not the Rockets, the Warriors played, you know, they didn't play as tough or as hard against the Clippers. The margin is still there. The margin is still the same from the Warriors to the Rockets, I believe. And I believe that the Rockets should make this a closer series than what it has been so far. I want us to be clear. They're down 2-0, but it hasn't been blowout wins. It hasn't. But the difference is this. The score of game two wasn't a, a big discrepancy in the end. I think it was, what, a six-point game or something. But it was, it, was, it was larger than it that. It might as well have been larger because right. it, it didn't look like to be close at any point in the game. The Rockets almost snuck away with one. If Chris Paul, I think he had a wide-open three and he missed it. That's one guy. Remember how we put an APB on Paul George? APB on Chris Paul. Where have you been, dude? But I don't I don't put – this is one of the weird things about this series. I put the collective blame on all the Rockets. It's not just Chris that, Paul. You're right. But not just the Rockets team, the Rockets organization from top to bottom. You have Daryl Morris sending out midnight leaks. You have Clint Capella talking about, I want the Warriors. I, w- I want the Warriors. Oh my and God. playing like garbage. You have Mike D'Antoni complaining about referees. You have Steve Kerr coming out to open up his press conferences and, and falling, mocking the Rockets because you guys can't beat us. So is this what you're going to resort, resort to? I mean, that's what it looks like right now. Kevin Durant's having the time, <laughs> the time of his life getting anything and everything that he wants. And Curry's going to continue hitting big shots and big moments. And that's basically all it's been for Curry. He's been hitting big shots and big moments, but collectively, he's not been as good yeah. as playoffs I, past. I, I just hope the Rockets play with some pride. Game three, pride. obviously, it's a must-win game. No, yeah. not just because it's, it's, it's people are looking at the whole officiating fiasco and everything, and they're saying that's the reason why the Rockets will probably lose a series. Yeah. The Rockets need to put that away. Put it away, put it in the box somewhere, throw it away, and just leave that alone. And go out and play with some pride, hustle. Play. They've been playing with heart. I'm not going to say they haven't played with heart. Yeah. But obviously, game three is a must-win game for the Rockets. It's obviously a must-win, I'll tell you this. But I'll tell you right now, that's going to be the toughest game for the Rockets to win all season. See, I, I disagree. 
I disagree. I think the Warriors are lazy. They may let them have three. If they get three, they ain't getting four. Is from the Warriors. I think from the Warriors' perspective. I'm not saying from the Rockets' perspective, but I'll say this. And as much as I love James Harden, that eye injury may have been the best thing, thing that has happened to him this season. Because if the Rockets get swept, he can say, "What? Well, my eye was hurt. Oh my god, I couldn't see. Oh my god. If I can't see, I can't score. <laughs> I mean, that that could have been the best thing that happened to him." individually so he wouldn't he doesn't get killed after this series but i gotta say this and these are for real rockets fans daniel house coming off the bench the rockets really count on him and then they had shumpert as somebody okay if daniel house shows he's a rookie and it's not playing as good we'll put in shumpert shumpert's come in the game and looked horrible not switching not playing good defense and the problem is you have Daniel House, you have Shumper, and you have Green. Green's always going to take and make shots. We know that. And if he doesn't, he ain't going to play. But Green doesn't switch well. And it just leaves Curry and Klay Thompson getting these wide open threes. The Rockets have a problem. What we thought, when I say we, I mean me and you, we talked about it. This team is better because they have more depth. But the problem is, D'Antoni's doing something I've never seen him do. He's playing nine, ten guys because he's trying to find anybody. (laughs) <laughs> and Norman, he's trying to find I'll give Dan Tony credit this is the first time I've seen him in the series tweaking things which is why I think the series is over I mean if I had to be real honest so you don't think the Rockets will go in the series from an objective standpoint I think it's done I think it goes swept I think they may get swept uh, as a Rocket fan I'm hoping they pull it out obviously but just I've never seen Dan Tony make so many adjustments Dan Tony doesn't do that he will ride and die with what he has and and he hasn't done that I, I will say this though the one thing that's the Rockets saving grace if they win in games two, I mean game three and or game four, is the Warriors have five capable guys who play. The Hamptons five, and really you can add in Sean Livingston. Other than that, they ain't got nobody. And they're starting five or playing 40 plus minutes every night, except Curry, who can't stop grabbing people. I don't know what's wrong with that dude. <laughs> he just cannot stop grabbing people and getting these foul calls. Other than Curry, these guys are playing 40 plus minutes. If the Rockets keep banking, if they hold on, they can even go back to the Oracle down 3-1 and still win the series because the Hamptons 5 are playing way too many minutes. This this game 3, I agree with you, is a big game because it's such a long stretch of time between, you know, there's a longer stretch of time in the series they're going to have between games. Right. If the Rockets can get one or two of these games at home, it puts a lot of stress on, the, on that starting 5. Well, I do agree with you to a point. But I do think that the Rockets have to get their mojo back. Their mojo is gone. And the only way for them to get their mojo back is they have to win game three and game four. I do not see a scenario where they split the games, game three and game four, and they win this series in seven. I just don't say a scenario. But I do agree with you that eventually that starting five will get tired. They will tire themselves out. Yeah. We have a lot um, more depth than the, the Golden State Warriors do. If the Rockets can just find a way to get that killer instinct back. There, there was a killer instinct the Rockets had at the end of the season. Yeah. And certain parts of the season that it was like, you know what, we're the, we're the best team in the league. Yeah. And we're going to go out there and prove it. But these two games right here with the whole officiating and all this other stuff, it's really, it's really turned into something else. That- but you know what it is, though? It's like when, you, when, you, when you're in fifth grade and you're in sixth grade, it doesn't matter. And somebody says, yo, at 3 o'clock, we about to fight. And everybody in the school hears about it. And you come out, and the guy who's talking all this noise comes out and says, it hits 3 o'clock, and what happens? He gets knocked out. 
And I mean, you look stupid. That's what happened to the Rockets. They showed up to the building, posted up to uh, San Francisco, waited on the Warriors. The Warriors came in tired. And what happened? They got knocked out. Mm-hmm. And their excuse was my shoelace was untied. My shoelace is untied. Which oh. is equivalent to your official. Oh, oh, and by the way, the bell rang at 245. It was supposed to ring at 305. Come on, man. They look real foolish right now. But they need to find that mojo. They need to get that mojo back. If they can find a way to get that mojo back, it has to happen in a number of ways. Either they, they have to win game three and game four. I mean, I know it's obvious. When people are listening, like, okay, duh. Oh, they need they have to win <laughs> game three and game four. But it's not even... We're looking ahead, I know, to game four. I I am. But this game three, I think the Warriors are going to come into this game thinking, okay, we got to kill, kill the Rockets them. right now. Yeah. Because even after everything that's happened, I do think in the back of the Warriors' mind, we're not as good as we were last year. Yeah. This Rockets team, if we give them any hope, and they don't even, they don't necessarily have to win game three. Yeah. The, the Golden State Warriors. If they can go in there and make it close and the Rockets have to hit a last second shot or something like that to actually win the game, the Rockets will be happy, but they will exert so much energy doing it that way that come game four, <coughs> excuse me, I think the Warriors are just demolished. Right? See, that's why I disagree with you. I, I really think, look at the final score in these games. Nobody's going over 110, 115 points. They're close games. Even though the, Rock, the, the Warriors are dominating the games, my point is it's very physical. The Warriors have to be very careful here. Even though I think the Rockets are, I'm going to be honest, I think they could get swept. I've already said that. But where the Warriors got to be careful is they don't play enough guys who are capable. They just don't. Steph Curry left the game for a little bit with a dislocated finger. My point is they're playing so many minutes. If the Rockets can keep games close in Houston, I don't care if they win game three by a miracle layup. Game four is going to be a grind but I'm, more for the Warriors because they're playing it is. so many minutes. It is. It is. Kevin Durant's so efficient right now. If he was 10% less efficient, he'd still be otherworldly. But that 10% would be enough for the Rockets to not just win, but win the series. Kevin Durant has a lot on his shoulders right now, and he's getting a lot of praise. But one lucky bounce here or there for the Rockets, and there's just too much pressure on him to score. Klay Thompson is still scoring. Uh, what's his name? Curry's still score- scoring. But the person that's really pissed me off that scoring is Draymond Green. His effect on this series, Clint Capella, bro. Clint Capella has to step up. Draymond Green can't have this type of effect on the series. Because if Draymond Green doesn't have such a great effect on this series, close to a triple-double, getting multiple uh, uh, rebounds, kicking out for uh, assists, getting people involved, it puts more of a strain on Durant. Durant can't handle more of the load. As good as he's playing right now, you can't expect somebody to carry a team more than what he's doing right now. If the Rockets can just have him carry the load a little more, They'll win games three and games four. The reason why I don't see that happening is I think the Rockets are defeated. <laughs> I think they're done. In their own locker room, I don't think they believe it anymore. I hope that's not true. I really hope that's not true. But we will find out game three. The Rockets have to come out game three thinking that this is the the last game of the series. Again, people listen like, duh, O-N-E. Yeah. But I, wanna, I wonder if the Rockets actually think that. They have to come out. With a tent, uh, with a sense of urgency, yeah, in this third game that they did not come out with in the game one and game two. <laughs> I really think that game one. You say that you know it was three o'clock and the bullies out there and they came yeah. out and they just totally messed it up. Yeah, I think the Rockets squandered an opportunity and they know they squandered an opportunity in game one. It was like the bully was out there, 
they were they were ready to go. They were ready to go. Yeah. And something did happen. And they were like, man, if this didn't happen, I would have actually won. Maybe they might actually think that. Yeah. But they need to let that go. Yeah. Game three, the Warriors are going to be looking because I think you're right. They're going to be tired. They know they do not want to extend the series. They're going to exert some energy into this game three to try to put the Rockets away. Because they know if they win game three, the it's series over. is over. It's done. It's over. They're, they're, the Rockets will be dead. <laughs> That's why I'm not even going to watch game three. I'm yeah. not even going to watch. Uh, you know what's so funny? As a Rockets fan, I never watch must-win games. <laughs> Unless it's a closeout game. Game three does nothing for me as a Rockets fan. If you win, I'm not standing up cheering because I know you still got game four. If you lose, I'm pissed. The only the season reason. is gone. The only reason I want to watch game three is I want to see the fashion in which the Rockets win that game. Wow. Because if they blow the Golden State Warriors out game three. It means nothing. It means something to me. It means to me, nothing to me. me. No, no. Because you still no, got to no. win four. I understand that. But at least that would give the Rockets a little extra mojo. Like, okay, we beat, we beat their butts. That's what it will do for me. If, they, if it's a close game and it's a grinded out game. Yeah. And they win. Okay, fine. But it, it still didn't do anything for me. You're right. But I have to see the Rockets get that mojo back. My thing is I've mentioned a couple of players. There's there's two main guys who have to play better. One guy off the bench other than an Austin Rivers. Somebody off the bench has to be good. Daniel House, Shumpert. Eric Gordon. Uh, Eric Gordon's he's balling. Eric Gordon's the one guy. If there's one person there saying, y'all need to step up, <laughs> Eric, Gordon, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's good. Just continue doing what you're doing, EG. But everybody else needs to play better, but specifically Clint, Clint Capella because he's Do been chirping. Do you think Clint Capella can play better? I think he has to, and he can. To answer your question, he can because he's an energy guy. I mean, he's shooting less than 50% from his free throws. He was shooting close to 60 for a large point of the season, and he's getting out-rebounded by Draymond Green. He has to play better because they're playing – the Hamptons 5 is playing him off the floor. And what he was able to do at spots during last year's series was stay on the floor, even when they brought in the Hamptons five. This season, he's automatically get off the floor because he's not playing well. That's what caused Rockets game one. D'Antoni couldn't trust him. So instead of having Capella in the last play, he's for some ungodly reason, I don't know why, he put Nene in there. But that's because he didn't even trust Capella to be in there at that point. Capella has to play better, but Chris Paul, man, with all that he said, he's the person who started the Monica running back because he got injured. He has not been back. He's been, <laughs> bro, it's, let's be honest. He's been bad. He looks no, old. I do. He looks slow. He's turning the ball over. He's very emotional. He, he looks bad. No, no. I agree with you. I, I do think he looks bad. He's not played good basketball in these first two games. But it's a combination of things. I think even with his bad play, there are some other factors where the Rockets could have at least split one of these two games. But Chris Paul... He was the main reason that we thought the Rockets could beat the Warriors. He played unworldly yeah. last year until yeah. he got hurt. Yeah. So if we don't see some kind of a semblance of that Chris Paul in this series, then yeah, the, the series is, is basically over. Yeah, I mean, you can't have him playing poorly, Clint Capella playing poorly, because even Clint Capella was playing pretty good last year as well. Yeah. Eric Gordon wasn't playing as good as he's playing now. Yeah, The Rockets just need to... James Harden is going to do what James Harden does. So far, it's nowhere near enough. It's not near enough. And if you you cannot put more on James Harden's plate. Because if they're not going to produce, then that's just going to have to happen. Yeah. James Harden is going to have to play the way he was playing um, uh, late in the season where he was scoring 
over, you know, hey, look, a ridiculous I, amount of points. I don't know per if he game. looked at his eyes during game two, even <laughs> though he couldn't see. He looked scared. But at the same time, though, he started off game two over three. He ended up after the eye injury nine for sixteen. He shot well. If you look at the Rockets' three-point shooting, they shot well over 40%. They shot well. The problem is they turned the ball over a lot. But the biggest issue is they just, as a unit, I don't think they believe it anymore. I just don't. I think it's gone. It's not there yet. I think they still believe it. There's no yet, bro. (laughs) They don't have it on Saturday. It's done. Then they can believe it. After, after game three, <laughs> then they can believe that there's no way they can be the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Right now, the Rockets, their trajectory is trajectory is towards teams I look at like the Sacramento Kings, not even uh, at the, the, Kings Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns. They're not even at those teams' level. Well, well, those teams had a a wall barrier yeah. that prevented them from getting to a championship. But at least they were close. They were, but they the never got, were close last year. But uh, it was but, game but seven. On multiple years, multiple years. Okay, close. but th- this is this is they will be in in that level two category of that. Okay. So the Golden State Warriors would be that barrier right now that prevents them from getting to the championship. And not only that, there will be all these different excuses as to why they didn't get through that barrier. With the Sacramento Kings, we all know about the officiating, the game seven, and all that stuff that. Prevent them from being the Lakers. Same thing with the Phoenix Suns. All the officials, this and that, yeah. injuries, things yeah. like that. So that's kind of if the Rockets want to make a statement, they have to win Game Three and Game Four, go back to Oracle, win that game, and they come to Houston. All right, guys. <laughs> I already said they go win the six. Like I'm a, not backing down. You sound like a crazy fan, bro. You do. We'll see. We'll see. So let's switch over to Eastern Conference, shall we? All right. Because, I mean, I can't do the Rockets anymore right now. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. The Milwaukee Bucks were able to even that series up at one game apiece. They actually blew the Celtics out. It was close in the first quarter. All right, see, the Celtics were winning in the first quarter. Yeah. They were, it looked like, oh my God, this is a mismatch. Yeah. Yeah. But the the Milwaukee Bucks put things together. Giannis put things together. He put that team on his shoulders. Yeah. The supporting cast played better. Yeah. And they were able to win game two. Uh, What do you think was the key to them winning that game two? They hit 23s. (laughs) That's the key. I mean, they hit 23 pointers. If you're the Celtics, what you do is at the end of a game like that, you shake their hands and you say, try doing it again. Obviously, the Celtics can play better defense. But when a team comes out on their home floor, their backs are against the wall. They won 60-plus games in the regular season. The number one team in all of basketball with the MVP on the floor, it wasn't all surprising that they won the game. I, I think, and we've had this discussion off the podcast, the way they won the game, as a Milwaukee fan, obviously you're excited. But as a Boston fan, I'm like, okay. You just kind of clap your hands like, that's fine. If they're going to hit 23s, which they're not going to do. No team in NBA history has done that in multiple playoff games, at least not to my knowledge. And if somebody knows that out there, hit us up. But I ain't seen that uh, that stat <laughs> anywhere. You're not all that worthy if you're Boston. You're just not. No, not worthy if you're Boston. I do still think Boston's going to win this series. Maybe about six six games on getting Boston to win the series. Um, we talked about Giannis putting him on their back. He had 22 points. 
which it doesn't really seem like a lot, but he was able to to yeah. play a little bit more of his game. Yeah, if you watch the game, he right. he, he he controlled right. his aspect of the game. Right, which was not allowed in game one. They were not letting him do anything. Al Horford was all over him like it was it was nothing. So going back to Boston, I do think Boston has the advantage here going into Boston. Um, Kyrie is still Kyrie. He's playing pretty well. Giannis has to do more. I know that's a lot to, to ask for, but he has to do more. If if the Milwaukee Bucks are going to find themselves winning this series, Giannis is going to have to prove that he's the next up-and-coming superstar. This has to be a series where he does that. Well, I'll say this. If Giannis gets his team to the NBA Finals into a championship, it's me, not going to happen. I don't think so, but it will be the greatest accomplishment I've ever seen a singular player in the NBA do without having been playoff tested. It'd be incredible, which is why I think they're going to lose the series. But I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to name out the Bucks roster. Only the people who played yesterday. Well, everybody played yesterday. It was a blowout. So I'll name the top eight people. You stop me when you get when you hear a name that you're not afraid of, okay? Only people I'm not going to name are Giannis Antetokounmpo. Other than that, I'm going to name everybody that's on the roster. Are you afraid of Miritich? No. Are you afraid of Brooke Lopez? <laughs> no, no. Lopez? Are you afraid of Chris, Chris Middleton? I mean, that's the, that's the guy. He's the only guy that you – and it's not like you're afraid of him. You just recognize his talent. Right. Okay? Eric Bledsoe. I mean, we don't got to name all that. No, no. Oh, we're going oh, to name them because everybody <laughs> thinks this team's going to the finals. So I'm, seriously, Eric Bledsoe. I'm not afraid of him, no. And because it, I, I'm not. He doesn't step up enough in the playoffs. And I'm not even going to go one by one with these people. I'm just going to rattle them off. Pat Connaughton, George Hill, Ursan Ilyasova. No. No, you're not going to win that championship with those guys. You're not being the Bucks, or excuse me, the Celtics with those guys. And that's really what the issue is. I understand Malcolm Brogdon is coming back, and that changes things if he's healthy. That does potentially change things. But with the Celtics, if they're going to hit 23s, you just have to, if, if they hit 23s four times in a series, hey, man, you tip your hat off to them, they win the series. I mean, that, that just, I don't see that happening again. I just don't. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I I I think the Celtics are going to win the series. It's not even. I'm not saying that's not close. It, it it's it's you know the, the Milwaukee Bucks had to win Game Two at home and they did that. Now they have to go to Boston and try to win one of those games. I mean, looking at it, the Milwaukee had a big third quarter that helped them pull away because it was pretty. It was a pretty even, evenly contested game until that third quarter. The yeah, the three started away. happening. And I don't, I don't know. Uh, I haven't watched enough Milwaukee Bucks basketball to know if that the three pointer is something that's been helping them throughout the season. Oh no, no, not. they're one of the better three point right. shooting teams. So I mean, that's what they have to do. If they want to win this series. They have to continue to, to shoot the three and continue to make the three. Yeah. Now, can they do that? I don't think so. I don't think so either. They're going to obviously they're 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 going to score more in points from the three point line than the Celtics are almost every night. But will it be such a great discre- discrepancy every night? I don't think so. And we already feel the same way. If the game is close, I got Kyrie. We got Kyrie. All right. No doubt. No, no doubt. I know someone else got Kyrie. I know Mizzy got Kyrie too as well. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I still have the, the Celtics win that in the six. So we'll see what happens when they go to their, their next game. So let's talk about this, this other Eastern Conference game. We have the 76ers and the Toronto Raptors. The 76ers were also able to even the series up at one game apiece. Um, I thought it was a very impressive win for the 76ers. I really do. Um, this out of those top four teams, that's the team you look at being on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think that that was a win 
that has kind of opened people's eyes to see the potential in that team. Like, say, so if this team plays well as a unit and they're coached well, we're overlooking this team because, you know, we talk about Milwaukee, we talk about Toronto and the Celtics because obviously of the three superstars they have on their teams. We don't really talk about the Simmons enough. Do you think the win the 76ers had in this game two was the most impressive out of any playoff win so far this season, out of any team? No, no? not even close. Uh, I just most impressive win for me was the Clippers coming back from 31. And then it was the Clippers winning the game again in the Oracle two. Well, I, I think I think it will be I think it will have more justification once the series is over. Yeah. Because the Clippers didn't win the series. Everybody everybody to win. Get swept. Right. Which, that's even more impressive to me that you won twice when I thought you'd be done in four. Yeah. We already talked about the Warriors. They weren't really up to play the game. No, I get that. But they, they were up by 31 points. Right. Come on now. That's hard to do in 2K. <laughs> even with sliders, bro. That's difficult. But with the, with the, with the 76ers... James, that's right, James came to play. <laughs> Did you see that? I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> the way he responded, like, my name is Jimmy Butler. I'm not James Butler, but whatever that was. James Butler came to ball. And that's what the difference was. That's why he's there, to have moments like that in the fourth quarter where not only does he have the ball, but he's able to make plays for other teammates. The One of the last scores of the game was him kicking it out to Joel Embiid, who drove to the basket, had a nice pump fake, and laid the ball in. But when you ask me how impressive was the win, not all that impressive. The first half was very impressive. The second half was, oh, God, they're coming back. Let's hold on for dear life. But they, they were playing Toronto. You but, knew Toronto was going to make a run. But, but every time Toronto made a run. It's not like Toronto, you know, played bad. What happened was they missed wide open shots. I've never seen Danny Green miss that many wide open threes in my entire life. Ever. They even had a chance to tie the game up at the very end. And the reason why I wasn't impressed in the second half, their defense wasn't as good. And the problem with the, the 76ers, they just they have an issue with execution towards the end of the game. There's a couple of That's plays. Coaching. That's coaching. Man, you 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 could blame the coach, and you're, we would both have our issues with Brett Brown. But there are certain times, like the players, there are times where Brett Brown puts him in the right situation, and then I ask, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? Particularly on the defensive end with so many wide-open shots with the Raptors that they just happen to miss. And I don't know if you noticed this play at the end, but this boy Kyle Lowry tried to nutmeg somebody on the last play <laughs> of the game. I don't want the ball in his hands ever towards the end of the game. I don't know why Kawhi didn't go get it. But it needs to be in Kawhi's hands at all times when it's crunch time. But if the, if you ask me what's the impact of this game for me, honestly, what I think it was, I think it was just a win, part of a five or six game series for the for the Raptors. I don't think it was very much for the Sixers. So you're not worried about at all about this for the Raptors? Nah, man. I just I think Kawhi Leonard is so, so much the best player in that series. Jimmy Butler outplayed him in game two, no doubt. But the problem is the last good game Jimmy Butler had in the playoffs. You want to know? When was that? It was game one of the Nets series. <laughs> I mean, he's just too spotty. He's been like this all season. He'll have a good game, then he'll have about four or five game stretch where he's very much average. If Jimmy Butler can continue playing like James Butler, okay, then it could potentially be a series, but I just don't see that. He hasn't done it all year. Why would I expect it for him to do it now? No, we'll see. I think it is a, a good sign if you're a fan of the Philadelphia 76ers that were, they were able to go into oh, Toronto. for sure, and win. for sure. But – 
as a Toronto fan, you also think in the back of your head, you know the history of this team. It's not the same team. I know it's not. But everybody even, keeps but saying look, that. But look, you know, you know, we're in Houston. We do the podcast in Houston. We're we're big Texans fans. Yeah. And even though the Oilers are gone. I look at them as being the same team. Sometimes. Well, that's because the Texans just picked up where they left right, off. Right, exactly. But this is not that same Raptors so that's team. All though. I'm saying is that it's still the same Raptors aura. You still have Drake going to the stadium, <laughs> so you know you don't know what's going to happen. There, there is. It's just it's natural. Yeah. You still have that fear in the back of your head, like, oh man, are we go, are we going to pull this out? I'm not saying the Raptors are favorite, heavy favorites in this series. They are favorite to win the series. Yeah, but you just don't want them to choke. Because that's what I would look at it. Because I think they choked uh, last year. Well, you can't really choke when you get you got swept. swept. That no, because they, they shouldn't got, got swept. They got choked. Got they got out. choked out. <laughs> <laughs> but Toronto scares me. They really do. I know they have Kawhi Leonard. I know it's not the same group of men that was there yeah. last year. But that's always got to be in the back of your head. Can this team this, – this is the finals team. They're built to go to the finals. If they don't go to the finals, it's a fail. If they don't go to the finals, Kawhi Leonard is gone. Yeah. That that's his consensus Heck, right now. Argument can be made he's gone even if they go to the finals. Yeah, some people so. say he's gone because yeah, I, I don't believe that. I think if they go to the finals, he's gonna go ahead and buckle down and stay there in Toronto. That's yeah. what I think. But who knows? Yeah. All right. So we're not gonna talk about the other series. We're not gonna Wow, talk about that the disrespect. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're recording a podcast and they haven't played two games yet. Yeah. So I'm not gonna talk about that series in depth. The Nuggets did win a game. They're up 1-0. By the time this comes out, they might be up 2-0. Yeah. So we don't know. So we're not going to talk about the game. Okay. So right now, what we're going to do is we're going to give our top five players in the NBA playoffs right now. This is the top five presented by the new Channel Sports Podcast. How are we going to do this? Want me to give my entire list or do you want to go five? Go ahead. Give you Give you your entire list. And then I'll tell you how my list differs differs from your list. I, I think my list will be a little different. I, I'll tell you honorable mention of my list was uh, Damian Lillard. Okay. As honorable mention, um, I have him at number six or number eight, depending on where he's at. There's somebody in here who has an infatuation with Damian Lillard. Infatuation? And that guy's just not me. All right. So number five for me is Joel Embiid. Uh, he's just every game that he's played in the playoffs where he's been healthy, because he hasn't been healthy, healthy for a while. Um He's been phenomenal. Uh, number four for me is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay. He would be higher in the list, but this ain't played nobody, bro. They played the Boston. I'm not Boston. They played the Detroit Pistons in the first round, which was a bye. They had a bye, basically. And then he had a average game one and played decent enough in game two of their series. Number three for me is James Harden. Um, that's just part of being – him and Giannis are really in the same spot, 3-4, just because they're MVP candidates coming throughout the entire season. And they haven't necessarily played bad, played bad in the postseason, but neither one has been superb. And the games where they have been good, the other team they are playing was horrible. Didn't play well at all. So I can't give them that much credit. So the top two for me are the ones that are really fighting for it. Number two for me is Kawhi Leonard. Wow. Kawhi Leonard was balling, balling, balling. I mean, that guy is phenomenal. I would have had him number one if they would have won, if they would have beat uh, the Sixers in game two. And obviously, number one is Durantula. I mean, Durant's. <laughs> Durant, that's, currently, Durant's on a different strategy. He's on a different strategy. He's in a different planet he's a, than he's, everybody else. He's the best player on the planet right now. I do agree with you. Kevin yeah. Durant is definitely number one on this list. I think if you have a top five list in the playoffs right now, your number one and number two should be Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. 
there should be no debating that. Now, as far as three, four, and five, there might be a little bit of differences. Number five, I do have Damian Lillard at number oh, five. Oh my goodness. You can't you can't hit a shot like that. Lord. To close out a series. Here we go. And not be in the top five. Yeah, here, right. here. Strap it on, y'all. Go ahead. <laughs> the, the disrespect <laughs> continues. What does this man have to do to be considered top five in these playoffs? Like, what else could he have done? What else has anybody else, James Harden, uh, who else is going to pray, but Giannis, what have they done to solidify themselves ahead of him? Well, um, for Harden, for Giannis, is no. I'm, I'm not even going to argue that. Giannis has played better. It's, it's plain and simple. Lillard had a good series against a, a, a Thunder team that was, I mean, we thought there was, I thought they were going to win the series coming in. And then after about three games, they're like, oh, the Thunder, who we who we thought they were. They're not a very good team. And Lillard did what he did. He handled them. He hit a big time shot. Now, if you would have said top five moments, he had the best moment. But it wasn't even like the moment was was great in itself, but he played exceptional in that first round of the playoffs. Yeah. He did. Without Damian Lillard, they don't win that series. I know. I I, that. Okay, okay. So anyway, Damian Lillard's number five. I'm not arguing that. Damian Lillard's number five. I named, I put, he's in my honorable mentions, bro. I'm glad you did that, though. I'm glad you <laughs> put him in their honorable mentions. But I got Dame at number five. I do have James Harden at number four, and I have Giannis at number three. Joel Embiid would be at number six for me on the outside looking in. I got to give it to Dame. I can't leave him outside the top five right now. But he has to continue to play at that level if they're going to beat the Nuggets or come over close to being Nuggets. Yeah. Um, but number one has to be KD. The way this man is playing right now, is uh, it's not fair. It is a created 2K player Him. doing his my player career and just having his way. Without KD, the Golden State Warriors don't win game one and game two in my book because all they do is – well, they, they would have to play time, differently. They would have to play differently. Yeah. Right. They will not win the way they're playing right now oh, without KD. Not. Absolutely not. Yeah. All they do is, like, when it's really time to get those must-need buckets, they go down the court, give it to KD. KD does his thing. Nobody in the league can stop this man. I mean, nobody. As far as scoring-wise, he might be the greatest score that we've ever seen in the history of basketball. Now, when I say that, I think that this man does not get enough respect for his scoring abilities and what he does. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, in his own respect, was a phenomenal scorer. He had one of the, if not the most unstoppable shot in the history of basketball with the sky hook. Yeah. So he doesn't even get mentioned as being one of the top centers of all time, let alone one of the greatest scorers of all time. But I want to give him an honorable mention because he is a great scorer. But Kevin Durant, as him being seven foot, can dribble down the court and just pull up a jump shot, jump shot three and hit or post you up. Like his post game now is like, oh my goodness. Like you just have to hope and pray that you can do something to stop him. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the interview with Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams when they were talking about Kevin Durant. That was a really good interview. It was. It, it was. was fantastic. So one of the reporters asked, she was asking either one of them, uh, what could you have done better to stop Kevin Durant? <laughs> And then Patrick Bellary said, what would you do? (laughs) (laughs) And they were just, Lou Williams broke it down and described it. And he said, you know, he's just a special player. There are just some players that day in and day out, they come in and they have this professionalism and they're just special. There's nothing you can do to stop them. And that's where Kevin Durant is right now. I think that if Kevin Durant makes this run and they win a championship, just go ahead and nail it. He's the best player on the planet right now. 
I know I, I, I've given the, given the crown to LeBron for a very long time. But, I mean, Kevin Durant has to, has to have his due right now. If that happens and they win their third, this will be a third straight finals, right, yeah. win. Yeah. You have to give it to him. For me, you got to look at what Kevin Durant's doing, and it's phenomenal. He, he Right now, he looks like 2011 Dirk Nowitzki on steroids. He's just It's really hard to say Kevin Durant and steroids in the same sentence. Though. Yeah, how skinny he is. <laughs> but, I mean, you can use it perform, perform, performance-enhancing drugs for different things. But right. the point is, I remember 2011 when Dirk was going off and, uh, on route to the championship, and there was not a shot that he took that you didn't think was going in. Every shot he took, you think you thought it was going in. And that's the way you feel about Kevin Durant. The only difference is he's younger, quicker, better handles, has a deeper range, can get to the basket more, can shoot free throws just as well. Oh, he and passes I, it and well. And I think so. you're you're missing one key component in all that. You're talking about all of his physical attributes. Yeah. The mental aspect of his game, too, has evolved tremendously. Yeah. I mean, look at what he's at. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. I mean, it's just he knows he's great. And he's on a platform where he can be great and not have to worry. Because the two biggest shot in, shots in the series were taken and made by Steph Curry. Let's call right. it like it is. Right. But he's able to do what he has to do to get his team to that point. And where he is right now I mean, there is nothing that he can't do on the basketball court offensively, but also defensively as well. He's made such a big impact, not just on this series, but in any series he's playing in because of his length, because of his his um, physical abilities and his want to. He wants to play defense. He wants to dominate you. And there's just nothing you can do about it. So I, I will say this, though. Um, for any team trying to stop him, whether it's the Rockets, whoever it may be, the only way you even slow him down is by letting him shoot more. And what I mean by that is, it's just, you got, you got to pick your poison at some point. It, it might as well just be him. Because what he's doing right now, even if you wanted to, you couldn't stop him anyway. So you might, might as well just let him eat. Let Kevin Durant eat, and you got to make sure everybody else is starving. Because that's mm. the only way it's going to work, because you're not stopping him. Let me ask you a question that's kind of outside the box. What do you think is the best matchup as far as entertainment-wise for NBA Finals this year? It would have to be the Celtics. And who? And, and the Warriors. And what, you think so? I I weirdly think that it would have to be Toronto or Milwaukee. Because I think those are the only two things, teams that could – there's somebody on that team that could actually be like, I'm going to hold Kevin Durant. Yeah. That would be Ka- Kawhi Leonard or No, no, I, I agree with that. But you said what would be the most entertaining from no, 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 the standpoint no. of right. people and I, watching. And I, and I think that would be entertaining, well, I guess for me. If you're we'll talking about it from a basketball perspective, I want to see Giannis, right? <laughs> and I think that— Because he I, ain't bullying Giannis. Well, scoop, it, 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 would, it would depend on how the outcome of the game is. I think eventually starting off, the matchup will be, you're right, the Celtics yeah. and the Warriors. But let's just say the Warriors, they cruise through the playoffs, they get to the finals, the Milwaukee Bucks win game one. And Giannis is slowing down Kevin Durant. That will make it a very compelling finals. Yeah. I mean, it'd be compelling for the basketball fan. But for the casual viewer, nobody cares about the Bucs. But that will be where Giannis will start to make a name for himself as well. I I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, That's the only player, him and Kawhi. And or Kawhi too, yes. Kawhi, Kawhi yeah. could definitely, Kawhi do would it definitely and not be tired. Yeah, oh, get his that, would, that would definitely be I'll, I'll something this, to watch. Secretly, if you were to ask Kevin Durant, he would want that. Because he would say, well, LeBron couldn't do it in his prime. You remember, LeBron had his squad, but I'm about to take out Kawhi. So, I mean, if you're, if you're Kevin Durant, why not? I would want that. I think it'll be 
highly entertaining. But yeah. you're right. I do think the NBA wants to see the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. Yeah. That would be as far as um, through the eyes of the fans that would draw more attention yeah, to the finals. Matchup. That's what people said coming into the season we're going to see. And that's what the NBA wants. It would be. I mean, another one would have been if the the Lakers would have made it to the playoffs. The Lakers and the Celtics would have been fantastic. Well, somebody didn't make the playoff. They didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I like that. Oh well, maybe next year, LeBron. <laughs> I wonder what, the, what LeBron's going to do now. Like, what what is he is he can't get anybody to go to the Lakers to play with him side yeah. by side with him. Is he looking at this as being his last hurrah? Like really and truly, how old is LeBron James now? Thirty four. Thirty four. Yeah. I mean, he's. Like, I mean, his he's last hurrah's already come. That's, that's, you think so? Don't, don't 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 get it twisted though. Even though they didn't make the playoffs, when LeBron James played, LeBron James played well. I get that. I'm I get not that. He well, did. Me saying his last hurrahs come is. I mean, can it, he assemble a team exactly, to get him back to the finals? Exactly. Because what LeBron James is known for is that he was able to get to the finals. How many years in a row? I think it was nine. Nine Eight years nine. in a row. Yeah. I mean, LeBron LeBron is past the point of where the stats and the numbers will be good enough for him. That's not going to be good enough for him. He's <laughs> he still in the shadow. He has to get to the finals. Without getting to the finals, it's a waste it's of a year. It's a waste of year, right. Yeah. So this is a waste of year for him. Can he assemble a team that is going to be able to compete with the Warriors and the Rockets and whatever team out there that's I mean, it just it, it all depends what does Kevin Durant do. If Kevin Durant takes his talents to New York, the West is considerably weaker just because of his his presence being gone. Right. If he decides to stay in Golden State, I don't care what, what LeBron does this summer. It doesn't matter. It, it truly doesn't matter. So it just depends. If so let's just say, correct me if I'm wrong, if this is possible. Let's say he's able to get Anthony Davis. Yeah. And is Klay Thompson available? Yeah, I mean, he's available, but he won't be going to the Lakers. Let's, let's just say, hypothetically, that he was able to get Anthony Davis and Klay Thompson. Yeah. You still don't think they were able to compete with the Golden State Warriors? Well, at that point, the Warriors would be gutted. I mean, yeah. So you're saying it would just be Curry? No, no, no. And... They'll still have Kevin Durant. Oh, so Kevin Durant's not leaving in this hypothetical? Yes. Oh, well, they would be able to compete with them for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know how. I but obviously, if Kevin Durant leaves, then it opens up the West considerably. The West is wide open. Right. No doubt. The West is wide open at that point. Not wide open to the Lakers, but wide open <laughs> to everybody and that, else. And, and that's part of the reason why I have to give the Rockets some kind of respect. Because when the Warriors were at their best, you hear people saying, why even try to get better? But the Rockets try to get better. They're trying to face this Goliath yeah. of the Warriors. They're trying to beat them. They took them to seven last year. So I have to give them some respect in that aspect. Daryl Roy did piece together a team that had us believing that they could beat the Warriors. Whether or not that's true, we don't know yet. But you know what's so funny, though? What's that? The Warriors are the juggernaut. They are. And when you see a juggernaut, most people, we don't we don't want to admit it, but we root for the juggernaut to lose, but we still like when the juggernaut is around because there's somebody to hate. We like to hate somebody. But when you watch the Rockets, they're the one of those teams where, I mean, as Rocket fans, we want the Rockets to win. But for most of the country, people hate the Rockets. Well, just that, as that, much as they hate the Warriors. But that started with the whole officiating thing. We, the whole officiating thing. It's is, even is, before that. It was even before. The officiating thing made it worse. Worse. Yes. yes. <laughs> worse I, than it already I, But is. I don't think that the people made hate the Rockets more than the Warriors before that happened. I think it was close. Now there's no doubt. People hate the Rockets. They already hate James Harden because he flops. Now he can't see. <laughs> I mean, they, they hate the Rockets. And for me, it's just stunning to have a team. Just like Duke. Everybody hates Duke. 
But you don't really, North Carolina lately, eh, you don't really hate them. Everybody hates the Yankees. Boston Red Sox, eh, they can win. But when it comes to the Rockets, nah, bro, we'd rather see that team win than to see y'all win. That's how they look. Which that's, how, me, that's exactly. That's how that, they look right now. I've never seen that in my life. But I, I do think that it was escalated with this whole officiating fiasco. And I think you might be overblowing a little bit. There are a lot of people that actually agree with the Rockets. There are some sports commentators that say to this day that the Rockets were screwed out of game one. That the officiates blew it. Yeah. So that's just the way sports is. I, I really think, you know, you can complain or whatever, but the Rockets went overboard with the whole audit thing and all that <laughs> stuff. Come on, man. I don't I don't understand. I mean, every team in the in the history of sports can audit a game and say, oh well, we should have won this game because of this audit. Yeah. Who does that? Only Daryl Borey would do something. I know it was Daryl Borey. <laughs> I know it was Daryl Morey, bro. How? Wow. I didn't even know that you could audit a basketball game. How do you do that? <laughs> How does that happen? Hey, they figured it out. They assigned, apparently they assigned points to every play. And it, through their own, this ain't something the league provided. Through their own uh, statistics and through their own formula, they created some formula through Daryl Morey. And they figured out that they were robbed. And it's, come on, man. Make you everybody imagine? look bad. Can't even remember. You know how auditors look too, right? They have their little notepad yeah. and their suit and tie. He imagine Hunched going up. to the the Rockets yeah. facility and be like, "Hey, I'm getting ready to I'm getting ready to audit all this stuff, man. <laughs> well, well, let me see the game, guys. I mean, come on, man. This is this it's it's too much, man. It, it it really was blown way out of proportion. Yeah, and that might be the reason the Rockets would lose this series because that whole fiasco was the official. Yeah, but anyway, I digress. Yeah, <sighs> that was a lot of information, man. A lot of stuff. You got anything else, man? I'm good. I'm good. Well, if this is your list, your first time listening to the podcast. Please do not hesitate to subscribe. You can definitely do that on our website, newchannelsports.com, or you can follow us on Podbeam. That's newchannelsports.podbeam.com, and that's new channel spelled N-U-C-H-A-N-N-E-L. Ladies and gentlemen, you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the new channel sports podcast. Leave comments, please rate the podcast with five stars and don't forget to subscribe.